This is Sam from the Masculine Journey Podcast, and our goal with the podcast is help you to try to find your way in this difficult world. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. Welcome to Kingdom Pursuits, where we get to hear some some amazing people. And today I am really excited. <laughs> For those of you who are a little bit familiar with Bitcoin, I'm really thinking this is going to be an exciting show because we have with us the author of Bitcoin Bride, uh, Chris Brady. So welcome to Kingdom Pursuits. Chris, how exciting. Thanks, Robbie. Glad to be here. So I'm sure our listeners are like me. I, I never thought of Bitcoin and Bride in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, um, it's a, a little bit different approach to try to teach people about this amazing invention that is Bitcoin. And from what I understand it, it, from my friends, too, that it's definitely done through a Christian perspective, right? That's right. For listeners that don't know what we're talking about, this is a new novel that I just wrote that came out, and it's the first, non, or, um, the first fiction book that I've ever published. I've written fiction before, but never published it mass market like this. And the idea, Robbie, was to help people understand about Bitcoin in a fun way. Lots of people won't read an expository, serious business book about Bitcoin. But my thought was, you know, they might, they might like a nice story that'll teach them about Bitcoin in a fun, fictional way. And of course, I love Jesus, and I want to see him known and proclaimed around the world. And like everything else I do, I tried my best to represent Christ's properly in this book and to show a Christian worldview. That's that's awesome. So speaking of, you know, Bitcoin and fun, I don't, you've never listened to my show, perhaps, Chris, but we always do, you know, Robbie's Riddle. So, you know, I have to do a few dad jokes just to warm up everybody. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of Bitcoin, right? I don't know if you've heard this, Chris, but from what I understand... Superman is useless on Wednesday evenings because he goes to his weekly Bitcoin meeting. <laughs> you understand why he's useless, Carmen? Do you get that? No, I don't know. Can you explain to me? Yeah, it's kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you every time, right? So, Chris, you're going to like this one. My New Year's resolution for 2021 is to buy Bitcoin in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> that would have been something, right? Oh, my goodness, if yeah. we'd only done that. So, you know, I don't know. For those of us in radio, we, we really like this new cryptocurrency that's come out. It's called Decibel, right? You yell in your microphone and you get the money. It's a, it's a sound investment, Carmen. It is. <laughs> that makes sense. Decibel. But I don't know if you follow many cryptocurrencies out there as you're listening today but oh my goodness there's a new one that comes out almost every minute i think <laughs> so i wouldn't be a bit surprised if there actually is a decibel out there but anyway we got to get to a bible riddle so here we go 
So <laughs> I really enjoy this particular Bible riddle. So who in the Bible gnashed his teeth, right? Because of a buried coin. It was sort of a Bitcoin. <laughs> who in the Bible gnashed his teeth because of a coin? It was sort of a buried coin. We would say that's a Bitcoin. So anyway, Carmen, uh, if they can guess that, tell them what they'll win. This is giving them time to think about it before Carmen tells them what they <laughs> So what they're going to win is one of our wonderful prizes from the Kingdom Pursuits Prize Vault. There you go. We have books, and we might even end up with a book on Bitcoin Bride. Or we have all sorts of books. We have T-shirts, all that stuff. You just car tell Carmen what you would like, and we will get that out to you. All you got to tell us is who in the Bible gnashed their teeth because of a buried coin. It was sort of a Bitcoin experience. <laughs> so 866-348-7884 is a number to call in and win. And we would love to hear from you. And, and so, Chris, getting back to Bitcoin bride, I get the Bitcoin part, but how, how does the bride fit in? Well, the story is that a young man who is a Bitcoiner, he runs a Bitcoin mining company and some other things. He's, he's met the woman of his dreams at college, and she happens to be from Italy. So he's going to surprise her. She loves surprises. And he makes his first trip with her to Italy to meet her parents. And being an American kid, he just kind of assumes that asking the father for permission to marry the daughter is a formality. And once he gets that permission, he's going to have this big surprise and, and propose to her. But what he finds out is that this father is not such an easy nut to crack. And there's a couple emotional moments in the book and some and incidents that take place that I won't, I won't spoil by telling them now, but that forces this young man to have to explain Bitcoin to this potential father-in-law, <laughs> or he'll never have a chance to marry the daughter. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And so within that, especially if he mines Bitcoin, right? That's an interesting yeah. opportunity. Um, because I'll never forget the first time um, my sister and brother-in-law live in Rushville, Illinois. And somebody came to town buying up all this land because they were going to build a Bitcoin mine. Well, my brother is a CPA, okay? <laughs> my brother-in-law yeah. is a CPA. And he had no idea. And this was probably like 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. And so he studies up on this stuff and and – I'll never forget, I went up there to visit them, and he showed me the facility where they were mining this Bitcoin and explaining how much electricity they used and all the stuff that was going on. And, and it really, I'm often thankful that he, he shared that with me because it's really not easy stuff to understand. Yeah, especially mining. That's probably the most difficult thing to understand. But when once you do, you realize that, man, I mean, from my perspective... Um, you know, I should tell you, I'm a big Bitcoin fan and, and Stu may have known that when he set this up and, and that I actually do invest in it pretty regularly and have made some money. It's, it's wonderful. Um, and it's really, really neat because I see it as really a, a currency that kind of breaks us out of, you know, central banking system, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I heard one guy say one time, I thought it was a really good quote. He said, every time you invest in Bitcoin, you're voting against fake money, meaning <laughs> the fiat money that the government seems unable to stop printing. 
yeah, they they've they've gotten really really good at that. So I'm interested how so you got this in this fictional story, this amazing young man who's a miner himself. Is he is he bidding, is he putting a mine in Italy? No, no, he um, he's a, a PhD student at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. He's a computer scientist, and he and some of his friends have put together a Bitcoin mining company in the U.S. Uh, and his girlfriend is from Italy. That's how it gets over to Italy, because of course that makes it more fun to read about Italy and the culture and the cuisine and everything too. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know it's funny because I was listening to the show here, waiting to get on with you, and at the top of the hour there were a couple news bites. And one of them was about the passage of this new trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. And, you know, the government doesn't have that trillion dollars. They're going to have to borrow, which means print, and that inflates the dollar and steals from everyone who has dollars because it takes the value from the dollar. So the reason for Bitcoin is to help protect against that. Bitcoin is an insurance policy against government spending. Yeah, it... it it really is kind of cool and and absolutely brilliant, but nobody even knows, right? Who invented the stuff? Yeah, you know uh, that's a really fun part of this too. Is it had this mysterious invention back in late two thousand eight, right on the heels of the financial crisis, uh, and you know the the whoever this was, they kept themselves anonymous. It could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be a group of people. Nobody knows. Uh, they worked very hard to be anonymous and stay anonymous. And then after a couple years of involvement and making sure the invention was going to fly, they just simply disappeared. And um, and and the, the pseudonymous name that this person assigned to himself or herself was Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. All right. Well, we got a very interesting show going. And we're going to be back with Chris Brady. We got Amy Cabo with The Cure. And we got God in Hollywood coming up with. Jot Riggs. So, you got a whole lot of stuff coming up today on Kingdom Pursuits. So, stay tuned. We got to hear from you, too. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And we're so blessed to have with us today, Chris Brady, who's the author of The Bitcoin Bride. And right now we have Amy Cabo with us. She's the host of The Cure coming up today at one o'clock. And Amy, you got a great show lined up for us. Yes, I do. I have a veteran turned doctor, 20 years plus, and is practicing medicine known as the rebellious doctor. And we're going to discuss vaccine efficacy, food additives, pain management, health policies, basically the major problems in the health care system. He's also the author of We Got It All Wrong, Our Failed Sick Care System. Yeah, wow. We have Chris Brady, who's the failed financial system, and now you have Amy coming on at 1 o'clock with a failed <laughs> health system. It's like, oh my goodness, and what a what an intriguing show. And again, I need to tell you that Amy's show is live at 1 o'clock, so you can call in with your thoughts, ideas, or whatever you got. I'm sure she would love to hear you. And you got Boris on hand too, right? Most certainly. <laughs> well, Always by my side. Absolutely. Well, you don't want to miss it. It's coming up today at 1 o'clock on the Truth Network. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, and God bless. God bless.
So getting back to Chris and the Bitcoin bride. And not to mention, you can still call in and win at 866-348-7884. Who in the Bible gnashed teeth because of a buried coin? I really thought this was an easy one, Carmen. I thought they would be lighting it up. Because, man, we got all sorts of books, T-shirts to give away. We'd love to hear from you, 866-348-7884. So, Chris, what is the message that, that you're most excited about in your book that, you, man, like God gave you this and you really are excited that you get a chance to share it? Uh, that's a really good question, Robbie. I think the answer to that would be that, you know, a lot of times we hear the doom and the gloom and we, you know, you tune into all the national news and it seems like lots of things are going against freedom. They're going in the other direction. And the message here is that Bitcoin is something that an individual can do to reclaim a little bit of their political freedom, their monetary or financial freedom. Uh, and it, it can't be stopped. It's decentralized. It's not under the control of anyone. And it's available to everyone. And I think that there's, there's just an understanding gap between where we are today and everybody understanding that this can really help them with their financial independence. And that's why I wrote the book, to help bridge that gap and, and get a book into the hands of people who may not otherwise read about this subject, because they're the ones that are having the value of their dollar stolen from them. And I feel like this is a very important message to get out there for financial justice, what my friend Oren Woodward calls the financial justice movement. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it really is fun to watch. And, you know, there's so many... The, the technology that's out there these days, um, the different apps that you can get, you know, I actually use a couple of them to buy crypto with. And um, and it's, it's so easy and it's fun. And and wow, you don't have to, you can, you can buy, the nice thing about crypto is you can put $5 in it, $10 in it, you know, whatever you want. You got to be careful because they're going to put, have you put more in there. But, you know, if, and once you set up those accounts, just sit back, you know, put $10 in it, see what happens in a week, right? And, or two weeks or three weeks. And you'll go, oh my goodness, I, you know, I have all these investments over here that didn't make next to nothing. And this over here, I, you know, I made 50 bucks in, in next to no time, right, Chris? Yeah, that's one of the things I tell people is, um, you know, just buy a little bit uh, and just consider yourself in so that you'll start to learn about it and follow it and understand it. And some people may not even know this, that, you know, the price of a Bitcoin right now is around $60,000. And they think, well, you know, that ship has sailed. It's too late. No, no, no. It's early. It's only Bitcoin's only at a 2.5% adoption rate around the world. So we're very, very early. And you can buy a partial Bitcoin. Like you just said, you could buy a dollar's worth just to get started, put your toe in and start to get involved and learn about it. Yeah, it's 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 really neat and it's fun. Well, we have Ann is in Lexington, North Carolina, calling in. Ann, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Good morning. So, what have you got for us? How are you this morning? I am okay. wonderful, and I'm excited that you're calling because I just don't get a lot of calls from Lexington. But but okay. I'm I'm always glad when I get one because I have so many friends down there. Well, I'm going to take a guess. Okay. Um, is it is it like the parable where the three um, servants were given um, coins, and the one servant he took care of it properly, and he, um, this and then 
And then the king was like, um, you took care of little, so I trust you with much, like the Lord does. You are. You could not be more right, Anne. You are, you are exactly right. You're the winner. And the poor guy that buried that coin in the ground, right? And, and here's the thing. Right. Right. Like if, if, if you've been carrying around $500 in your checking account and you're not getting any interest on it, you're essentially burying your coins. But I, let me just make right. a suggestion. Go, go buy $20 worth of just $20 worth of Bitcoin or, or some other cryptocurrency that flips your fancy and see what happens in two, three weeks. And you go, oh, my goodness. If I had just let this well, money in my just, checking account, I'd have nothing. But as it is, crazy. I, I was just listening. I didn't realize that you could buy partial amount. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. really easy. Like, um, but I would get some help from somebody that knows. What would you suggest, Chris, for somebody that just wants to stick their toe in the water? You got a lot more experience with this than I do. Yeah, no, Robbie, you're exactly right. They should just buy a little bit and get involved. And I strongly recommend Bitcoin. If people would like to know, well, you know, there's thousands of these other cryptocurrencies out there. What's the difference between all of those and Bitcoin? I explain that very clearly in my book, and I feel very strongly that Bitcoin has the fundamentals that make it a really good long-term investment. Yeah, it, it, it certainly has the best rating. But there are, I, I, my favorite app to buy crypto on personally is, is, is called Sophie, S-O-F-I. Um, they don't charge me any fees. <laughs> I like that. And, and I, you know, it's just as, as simple and they, and they don't seem to try to, um, trick me into buying more than I want to buy. Like crypto.com is an easy enough way to do it. And there's, when you begin to use it, they don't charge any fees, but it seems like they're always wanting you to buy a hundred and some odd dollars worth where I, you know, I just want five or I want 10. <laughs> right. And so, um, SOFI would be the one that I personally like, but that's you know completely only my experience. I don't I don't know anybody else that uses it. But I'm so grateful you called in today, Anne, and you won. Great, thank you. God bless. Bye bye. So which one do you use, Chris? I use several, but my favorite is called Strike. S T R I K E. Oh, simple app to download, and they charge no fees, and they only pass along just a little tiny, um, I think it's like 10 basis points that actually occurs on the trade on the blockchain. So it's by far the cheapest place I've found to buy Bitcoin. Well, I'm going to have to check out Strike. It's just like one strike and you're, and you're in. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I am so grateful, I really am, for you stepping out there, writing this book, and, and bringing this to people's attention because when you really understand what's going on with the central banking system and all the evil that's been poured into that over the years, like, man, it's kind of nice to have some kind of currency out there that has got a, you know, a little bit of integrity to it. Yeah, the invention of Bitcoin is, I, I believe it will play out. Now, this sounds overly dramatic, but I believe it will play out to be every bit as big of an invention as the Internet. And here's why. Bitcoin represents the separation of money and state. It was an invention that was specifically designed to try to get money out of the hands of government and into the hands of the people. And it worked. I mean, it's amazing that it worked. But it's been around now 12 years and going strong. 
Uh, its market cap is somewhere around a trillion dollars now. So it's proven. And, uh, you know, there's really nothing that anyone can do to stop it. And it's available as a freedom play for everyone. Yeah. And right now, from what I understand from the things I'm reading, is a really, really, really good time to get in because the stock market's talking about doing something with it. And if they open that up, maybe you can explain that better than, wow, I mean, it's going to get bigger really quick. Yeah, well, the, the adoption, like you say, is really taking off. More and more hedge funds, big-time investors, even institutional investors are starting to find ways to buy in and uh, and have bought in. And Wall Street, of course, will respond to that demand. And the first ETF, the first exchange-traded fund based on Bitcoin futures, was just approved two weeks ago. That was huge. And so listeners will know this, too. Bit, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. That's it. The U.S. dollar, there's no ceiling on how many they can print, and there's no indication they're ever going to stop overspending the dollar and deflating its value or devaluing it. But with Bitcoin, it's fixed. It cannot be changed. There will only ever be 21 million. So it's the invention of absolute scarcity. It's the only thing out there, the only thing outside of the time that the Lord has given us to live, who, who among you, by worry, can add even a day to his life. It's the only thing outside of our personal human time that does not respond in any way to an increase in demand. And because of that, they call it number-go-up technology. You know how scarce lakefront or oceanfront property is over time? It just goes up in value. And that's the same thing with Bitcoin. It's the invention of absolute scarcity. So it does have this tremendous lure for preserving the fruit of your hard-earned labor and even building wealth. Right, right. And, and that I would say is somewhat of a disclaimer. You can't go almost anywhere that they don't say, you know, cryptocurrencies are volatile. So be careful, right? Pray, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and, and realize that, hey, if it doesn't hurt anything to tip, you know, just dip your toe in the water and get to know something because, you know, you don't want to start investing in something you don't know. So, well, Chris, I'm so grateful. Again, the book is Bitcom Bitcoin Bride. So we got so much coming up. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. After decades of serving the Hollywood system, these insiders at Kappa Studios are now unashamed to live for Christ, right at the epicenter of the film and television industry. This is God in Hollywood. How fun, how fun. I can't even tell you how fun and how excited I am about God in Hollywood today as we are <laughs> really, you guys, Brad, just keep coming up with better and better. So today we have, well, I'll let you introduce him, especially since you guys have even worked together before. So Brad, go ahead. We have, Robbie. Yeah, good to hear your voice, Robbie. You know, it's funny, as, as I listened to the, uh, that, that opening, you know the, the the audio opening for the God in Hollywood segment. This guy, like, he fits this perfectly. He he is one of those insiders from back in the day. So his, his name is Josh Rigg. Now J O T H, as opposed to I'm sure you hear Josh a lot, Josh. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, Josh is a longtime friend. And, and I, wait, what's that? Oh, sorry, I'm hearing my own echo there. That's my own echo. I'm hearing Robbie. Don't answer your own echo. Don't do that. Okay, <laughs> I'm back. So. Um, 
back. Yes, you are, Paul. I accidentally cut you off, so you don't know that, Brad. I cut Paul off the beginning, so he's you know here with I us just now. So cut off. I know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, brother. If you're going to cut someone off, cut me off, I promise you. But, uh, <laughs> you don't want to cut that guy off. Yeah, so check this out, Robbie. So Josh, he has like a story similar to Paul and I, where he spent like decades, just so many years in secular Hollywood. He did, I mean, I met him like just at the tail end of that, I guess, right as he was transitioning into faith films. But like he, he did like literally 50, or give or take, right, or at least 50, like legit Hollywood film and television shows. Worked for every major studio. Uh, worked with Spielberg's company, Amble. Just I'll let Josh explain that. But this guy, uh, he, he he did the same decision we did, Robbie. That he made the decision at some point in his career to say, "That's it. I'm done with that. I just want to use all the skills and abilities I have. I just want to serve God and do projects that honor Him." But and here's the twist. Unlike Paul and I, Josh's story has a, a unique twist on the timing of when he did it. And we'll talk about that. But uh, above all that, Josh, Josh is a good friend. And, yes, we did work together, gosh, been like eight or nine years now, when the first time we worked together. And we've done a few things with Capus with Josh, since then. But above that, he's a great friend. And way beyond all that, he's just a dear, dear brother in the Lord that we love a lot. So, Josh, man, thanks for coming with us for joining us this morning. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Good to be here. <laughs> that was our clunky and getting cut off intro. How did we do? <laughs> that was entertaining. That's okay. okay. <laughs> the thing that jumps out at me because I, you know, I just looked at it and went, you know, for those of you who don't know, Brad was the director or producer of Grace Unplugged, and I hope you've seen that movie. If you hadn't, you know, by all means, ought to see it. It's an absolutely spectacular movie. But interestingly, Joth was you were his assistant, right? Uh, I was the assistant director on the film. Yeah, so I, I coordinated and uh, and kept everything moving. And wasn't yeah, that's a good starting point. I'm sorry if I just cut you off there, Robbie. That's a good starting point, Josh. I've never liked the idea or the the title assistant director. I just don't think yeah. it's, I, I would say like set general or like I've never looked at the assistant director as like the assistant. <laughs> like, what, how would you describe the assistant? Well, an well, you know, it's interesting. In, in India, the same position is called a co-director. Uh, yeah. So that you know, I, I, some people think that it's similar to the director's assistant, but it's not. It's more like president, vice president. Um, but yeah, essentially the assistant director does everything a director should never have to think about so that the director can just focus on getting great performances from the actors. The assistant director handles all of the logistics, uh, to just make sure that the movie gets made while the director, uh, stays creative in his head. Yeah. Yeah. I used to describe like Robbie for all your listeners and stuff. Like, uh, I look at assistant director as really, he, he keeps the schedule, he's everything moving really running the entire set and all the, like, like Josh was saying, all the logistics behind the scenes and everything. And we, we would just be so over budget, so over you know, schedule without Josh. I mean, he's, he's, he's the, really the guts, like I say, the, the set general is sort of what I think. I like set emperor myself. Set emperor, that's good too. <laughs> Way to go, Paul. Throw that one in there. That's really, yeah. really good. And to say that he's worked on some blockbuster movies that I think everybody's seen is really an understatement. Like yeah. the whole God's not dead. Like we, the people, even the new, the new one that's out. Sure. It's awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And to get, to get a running start on that. So Josh, you spent like so many years. You, you did about, you and I talked kind of prepped for this a couple of days ago. You said you spent about like 50 projects, right? Like in, in secular hall, you kind of hit your halfway point, 50 non-faith 
50 faith projects. But here's kind of the launch, really the heart of what we're doing here in the God at Hollywood segment. You got to a point in your life, I guess you said about like 10, 15 years ago, when you're like, hey, man, I just can't do this anymore. I just want to do projects that, that honor God. So the first question is, what brought you to that decision? Well, it's interesting. It was kind of like the frog in a pot of boiling water, uh, you know, where I started off with all the best noble intentions coming uh, coming into the film industry out of film school. Uh, I started with Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, actually one of my very first projects. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'm off to a pretty good start here. Uh-huh. But, you know, if, in, as a freelance in the industry, you know, you you only have one job until that's done, and then you have to do another and another. And and because it was also, of course, how I, you know, provided for my family, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily picking and choosing. I didn't have that luxury. I found myself working more often on uh, HBO shows and Showtime and, and, you know, rated R films. And uh, eventually, um, I, I had a wake-up call. Actually, it had a lot to do with, my, with my, the hours I was working, which in this business are crazy. Um, yeah, I, w- I was working about 80 hours a week and I wasn't seeing my kids. I had two little girls at the time and now they're much older um, and I wasn't seeing them. And, and one day on my day off, uh, my youngest ran and hid from me like I was a total stranger in the house and it broke my heart. Oh, my goodness. When I went back to the set on Monday, I had a different feeling about me and I started looking around and recognizing all the broken sets on, on uh, broken families on set. And sort of seeing that the toll that the business was taking, and it just made me rethink my priorities, and I realized how important my family was. And when I did that, it, it also made me recognize the kind of product that I was putting out in the world. Mm. And I said, you know, do I really want to be the guy that's part of putting this sort of product out there while also tearing down my own family in the process? And yeah. so I decided to take a break. And um, when I took a break, I was able to re-engage. It's funny, my wife and I at the time were in a, a young married couples group. And it, but because it met on Friday nights, I was actually almost never there because we would always end up shooting that late. And I, sure, I came sure. back to the group, and everybody's like, oh, man, it's so good to meet you. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we, quote, unquote, have been in again? this group yeah. for a while, but it, you know, my wife would always just go and represent. And so when I re-engaged with my church friends and my family and, and my kids in school, I was like, okay, I, I really have to rethink this whole thing. And so I actually got out of the business for a, for a season um, because, mm-hmm. as Brad, as you and I were sharing, I really wanted to do what we now call quote-unquote faith-based stuff, but they, it didn't exist at the time because this was in the early 2000s. And it wasn't really a thing. There was certainly no way to make a career out of it. And yeah. so I just started working in my own uh, video productions and just doing weddings and stuff like that, just to just to be able to control my life and, and be around for my family. And it wasn't until yeah. a few years later where I got a call to do a faith-based film for the first time. And initially I turned it down because I, I didn't realize what it was, and then somebody told me about it, and I thought, oh, wait, hold on. Well, this, that's actually kind of like missions work for me. So, yeah, sign me up. Let's do it. And I went and did that, and it was an eye-opening experience. One, because I just realized how much I love film production and how much I really want to be involved in making films. And two, 
I, I also recognized that in that interim, because this was in 2010, in that interim, there had finally been some faith-based films, because by that point, the Kendricks had put out, for example, Facing the Giants and Fireproof. And I said, you know what? There's actually good films to be made out there that honor God. I want to be a part of that. And that's when I made the change. Wow. I hate we got to go to a break right now, Brad. But we will be back more with Paul and Brad and Joth. How exciting on God in Hollywood today on Kingdom Pursuit. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. After decades of serving the Hollywood system, these insiders at Kappa Studios are now unashamed to live for Christ, right at the epicenter of the film and television industry. This is God in Hollywood. Welcome back, Paul Long, Brad Silverman, and Joth Riggs. So, Brad, this is really just a really, really cool thing that God is doing, right? It is. It is. And and it's interesting. We're seeing a lot of this, Robbie, where guys and and women at different stages of their careers are getting to a place where, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. I love what I do. Joth Joth was even talking about it before, where it's like, I, I like what I do. I like film production. I, production. I, I can't it. do this to my family. I can't do the content that's out there. I can't yeah. be away from my family for, it could be not only 80 hours a week, but it could, you could be traveling all over the world and, and just be, you know, your family suffers. And in fact, when I met you, Josh, you were doing a local project and you, you your memory's better than mine. You were doing, I think Kevin Downs was directing it. He's now with the Irwin brothers. That's right, like yeah. up an arrowhead or something. And yeah, you were at right. that time, yeah, I think that's what we met, and right before we did Grace Unplugged, and you at that time were wrestling with getting out of the director's union. <laughs> and Robbie, for your listeners, like, to get into the unions in our industry is like a big deal. Like, that's what people spend their careers trying to get to, whether it's the Actors Union, the Screen Actors Guild, or Director's Union, Writer's Union. Here's Joss, his long-standing, successful Hollywood director, saying, I don't think I want to do it anymore. Do you remember wrestling with that decision, Joss? Oh, for sure, yeah, because at the time, yeah, I was in the Directors Guild of America, and um, as a member of the Guild, you're not actually permitted to do uh, films that are basically outside the Hollywood studio system. And as I was making this transition, saying, well, look, I'm either going to do it or I'm not, so it was kind of like Cortez, where I had to burn the ships you know, <laughs> behind me to, to say, I'm, am I going forward with this? And, and yeah, the choice was yes, so... Yeah, I had to get out of the DGA in order to be able to pursue faith-based films. Yeah, that was about a hey decade guys. ago now. Yeah. Guys, I want, you know, I was just thinking, this This reminds me of the story of Nehemiah. And just a quick statement about this. He was working for the king, and some of his friends came. Then they escaped, and they came and gave a report about Jerusalem and what was happening in Judah. And they said the walls are broken down, and the gates are burned with fire. And this guy sat on and wept. They wept and mourned for days, and they got to a breaking point. And this just reminds me of the idea of Joss looking back on his family and saying, wait a minute, something's wrong. This whole thing is being burned with fire, and I need to do something different. And so I think that's a great picture of what Joss is yeah. telling us. It's just how you can, how, how things, we, we need to be attentive to what God is showing us, and then obey and the results will take care of themselves. 
No. That's awesome, Paul. Yeah. Right, well, well said. You know, and it, I love about that. It's a great picture. And, and Josh, what I've always admired is here, here you are. You made you, you make your call to, to, to burn the ships. Paul and I use that term all the time. We use the term burn the ships constantly. Because I often talk about it's a three-step thing. It's what you did prior to making the decision. In your case, a successful in the director's line in Hollywood. <laughs> then you make your decision. I love that you made your decision when there was no faith-based film industry to go to. You're like, you're going, I'm going to burn the ships. I'm going to take this step of faith. And, you know, like a true step of faith, you're like, I don't even know where I'm going into, but you just felt called by God to do that. And then part three of the story is always, okay, what happened after you did that? You took this step of faith. And, and Robbie, you were talking about some of the projects a minute ago. Josh, like rattle off. Uh, I mean, you've done, you told me like you did like 50 projects before making this step of faith and 50 yeah. projects afterwards. So in the last decade, yeah, you've yeah. done like 50 projects. Talk about those, man. Yeah, I've done over 100 now. Um, yeah, well, of course, Grace Unplugged, to be honest with you, was really a seminal one for me. Um, that was such a great, solid family film. I remember specifically being at the screening with my family, and I literally had tears in my eyes as I was watching it. And not because mm. it's a sad movie, but because I realized I had been able to successfully successfully make the transition into films where I had my two daughters sitting next to me in the theater for the first time, on, you know, in something I had made. Wow. And so that was really a great moment. But yeah, I have I have worked on uh, several of the God's Not Dead movies, and Do You Believe, and a movie called uh, Hearts of Men, uh, the Princess Cut series. Uh, I've done lots of stuff with INSP Films. Um, I, I've stayed really busy. I've been blessed. Uh, very fortunate. You sure? You, and you guys don't know, Joss is like crazy in demand. He's like one of those. What I appreciate, Joss, uh, you probably experienced this too. Paul and I sense this too, and it's really the heartbeat of the whole God in Hollywood thing where people are coming to us like who are like new to the industry and God we have a similar path and that we all have a lot of like long standing Hollywood secular experience that we're now able to bring to the Christian film and television world and I think that's partly why we're seeing an increase in quality of the Christian content. You've got to be seeing that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something that I've really been striving for because you know, I did get a taste frankly, of what real high-value, you know, production should look like. Sure. And so I, I'm trying to bring that on every project I'm on, trying to raise the bar, as I say, you know, on, on faith-based projects. And I understand, you know, a lot of the people in faith-based film um, come from outside the Hollywood system, so they don't have that level of experience. And so I'm using my yeah. experience to bring it and, and just basically to bring the level up to uh, the best standards that we know is possible. Well, I know I, I hate that music's coming on because I would love to love, love, love to hear a lot more. But you've got a project coming out in 2022, Bonhoeffer, The Holy Traitor. Well, yeah, that is a project that we haven't developed, and it did get held up because of the pandemic. But, um, yeah, uh, we'll be doing that in 2022. Oh, thank you, Brad. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Joth. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, thank Robbie. you, guys. Thank you, guys. It was absolutely a blast. And, right, you've got so much truth coming up. You got the encouraging prayer followed by the, the masculine journey and Nikita Koloff. Stay tuned. So much truth coming at you. This is the Truth Network.